This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. To lead a healthy life, you need sound advice, especially when it comes to your actual physical self or your financial self. But when brokers make money on every single investment in your financial life, how can you believe that you're actually getting a full picture? There is a way now. Get a free investment checkup from Personal Capital. Just like a good doctor, Personal Capital is going to give you a second opinion and the right prescription for your retirement. Personal Capital, they use sophisticated technology to take a pulse of your finances. Now, Personal Capital's app is completely free. You can use it on your own or you could you know, work with a professional advisor. But you're going to get honest, conflict-free advice on fees, on performance, and how you can invest for the um, retirement in the future. Visit personalcapital.com slash the blaze. Sign up for your free portfolio checkup. Get a second opinion, not a sales agenda. Personalcapital.com forward slash the blaze. Do it now for a prescription for a healthier financial life. Will Kane, S.E. Cup, R. Kane and Cup. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Justin Barclay in for Kane and Cup. What a privilege it is to be here with you today. What a pleasure. I mean, I've uh, had some wonderful time on the Blaze before, usually filling in for uh, Mr. Jay Severin and, of course, uh, Doc and Skip before. It is, uh, it's awesome to be here on a weekend, share some Saturday time with you. A little different. We're going to have a little... I, I think this is going to be a little bit more of an experiment today, and i, I got to tell you, I'm excited to... Uh, and I'm really honored to be able to have this uh, this this the pleasure of and the opportunity of of uh, doing what we are, we will today um, set forth to to do together. We are going to embark on a journey together. This is almost like uh, <laughs> sending a man to the moon. Our first step we'll take together. We're going to try something a little different. Something that I don't think has been done in the history of talk radio. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, uh, if it has, it's been, it's been years. You certainly don't hear this kind of thing nowadays. I mean, it's been a while. If, if, if you go back to... Look what people were doing on the radio, I guess, years ago. Maybe you could find it, but I can tell you it's really been in short supply recently. You will hear it most likely if you listen to Glenn Beck. You'll hear portions at times from the only real, I guess, spotlight or or shining example of this happening. On the radio today, coming coming from uh, folks like maybe Glenn Beck. But, you know, honestly... There are a lot of there are a lot of places you won't hear what we're going to attempt today. I don't know if you're like me, <clears throat> but I have noticed recently, and I've got a, I've gotten to a point where in in my career with talk radio, um, you know I've 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 worked in the radio business for almost twenty years, you know, ever since I was like in high school. That's all I've been doing, and recently got to a point myself in my journey that hey, look, hey, I just kind of. Got to the point where I said, you know what? I really don't know if this is for me anymore. And the reason I say that is the constant negativity, the constant complaining, the constant whining, the constant moaning. 
that I've heard and that you probably hear on a daily basis coming out of your speakers. And why is that such a big deal? Why is that such a problem anyway? Well, the reason for me it's such a problem is that it, it I mean, it really, it has a harsh effect, I think, on my brain, on my mind, on my attitude. And as I start to see the world as a more negative place, as time goes on, for me, boy, it's... It makes life, it's made life for me not really exciting. So let me ask you a couple of quick questions. When you wake up in the morning, do you jump out of bed? Are you excited to greet the day? Are you filled with passion and filled with joy and you are ready to leap up out of bed? Do you wake up sometimes in the middle of the night in a good mood and ready to get to work? If that doesn't explain uh, the circumstances you're familiar with, if it's more like maybe how I I have uh, lived life over the last several years in, in times where, you know, I just dread waking up in the morning. <sighs> Got to get up and for what? And now what do I do? Ugh. Pull myself out of bed. If, that, if that's you and you uh, just let me reset this alarm clock. I don't know. I had to play this game with my alarm over and over and over again, hitting that snooze button to see if I can squeeze just a little more sleep out of because I just don't want to get my day started. If any of that sounds familiar to you, then maybe you're suffering from the uh, the kind of thing that I, I found myself suffering from. And I think as Americans, we all are. So today I want to talk about reigniting that spirit, that uh, that enthusiasm, that passion. That I believe we all should have in our lives. I, I, I've, I got to tell you, I, since I've recently started living a little differently, I, I, I have, I mean, I, my life has completely changed. Used to dread waking up. Now I gotta get up whenever I, uh, you know, whenever the spirit moves me, or whenever our dogs wake us. We got this four-month-old puppy who just is <laughs> the built-in alarm clock, kind of like having a rooster. But I want to talk to you today, leaving politics aside, in an experiment about what is right with our world. I want to get you to a place where you look forward to waking up again. I want to reignite your passion. I want to get you to a place where you're excited about the opportunity that lies ahead of you. The promise of a new day, not just with today, but with tomorrow, the days that are ahead of us. So if you're like me and you turn on the radio and a lot of times you hear the negativity and you you hear politicians back and forth, you hear people arguing if you're watching TV, the talking heads, the pundits. Look, I'm not going to completely bash that because there are a lot of fine folks that make a living doing that sort of thing, but. You have to ask yourself at what at what at what point does do, do I become you know does my lifestyle does my life you know become an expense of that sort of entertainment? That's really what that is. It's entertainment. If you look at the greats, I mean, if you take a guy like Rush Limbaugh, and I I think he's 
You know, I love Rush. I think he's great. He's great at what he's, he does. He's absolutely, you know, you talk about the guy who laid the the the, uh, the groundwork for this for this industry. He's absolutely fabulous. But I think sometimes we may have a tendency to take Rush a little too seriously. Sure, the things he talks about are serious. Yes, but there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of satire. And there's a lot of entertainment in what he does. However, some of it's gotten a little dark lately, not just with Rush, but with the subject matter. And I think the, the, the place that we find ourselves in in this country, in this, this day and age, where we're at. So today, we kind of leave politics aside. And instead of talking about what's wrong with America, what's wrong with the world, instead of talking about what's wrong with our politicians, and there's so much, you know, we couldn't just do this in a few hours. <laughs> Rush has made a substantial living himself talking about it day after day after day, and he's still got more to go. I mean, you could talk about it forever. But instead of talking about those things that are wrong, today we lift up our country by lifting up the conversation. That's right. We will elevate the conversation today. I don't want to tell great American stories. I want to talk about the human spirit. I want to talk about the American spirit. What makes us different? What makes us great? I want to talk about if the world sucks so much, what are you doing to change it? What are you doing? Because I want to challenge you, if you aren't doing something to change the world, maybe it's time for you to take a stand. We're going to talk to some folks today that are changing the world. They're changing their world and the world of folks around them. They're making it a better place for people like you and me. And maybe through their stories, we can gain some inspiration, we can garner some support, and we can harness that energy, that passion, that power that's inside of us to get together and say, you know what, it's time to stand up. And what can I do? Because I'm tired of, I don't know, hearing people tell me on the radio to call my congressman. I'm tired of folks telling me to, you know, go to a town hall meeting, and that's how we're going to change everything. No, 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 no. That stuff you've heard year after year after year, and it doesn't really work. No, they don't care. They don't care. How do you change the world? It's that quote, right? It starts with you. So today, to change the world, we'll start to believe. That's what we're going to do together. So I'd love for you to join us on the uh, journey today. Going to talk to some great folks. I'd love to talk to you. I want to hear from you. How are you doing? What are you doing to change the world? How are you making it a better place? I want to ignite your passion, your fire inside that place, burning deep inside of you. Maybe it was at one point. Now it's just a small flicker. Let's fan that thing. Let's get it going again. 888 is our number. That's 888-900-3393. Justin Barkley in today. That's a pleasure to be here with you again. As I fill in for Canada Cup and, and some uh, very well-deserved vacation time that they get, on a Saturday. It's great to be here with you. We continue next on the Blaze Radio Network. Will Kane and Desi Cup. We'll continue in a moment on the Blaze Radio Network.
Kane and Cup. Hey, welcome back. Barclay in for uh, Kane and Cup today, and a, a privilege and an honor, as always, to be here with you. Filling in for Jay Severin and uh, Doc and Skip before on the Blaze. It, it, I've never done this show. Uh, I love Kane and Cup, and uh, I think it's awesome to be here with you on a Saturday, a chance to have a little bit of fun, and we're going to try. We're doing something different today. I won't even say try. Let's say we're doing something different today. Let me explain exactly what this is. Today, all politics aside, we are focusing on what is right with America, what is right with the world, and what we can do to change, what we can do to continue to spread those things that are right and and, uh, help change the rest of the world. So what I want to do today is I want to challenge you to look outside of party lines. I I want us to really look into what makes us great. What can you do to change the world? That's, I mean, that's the question today. What will you do? As a matter of fact, I'd like to offer you this challenge. Before the show is over today, what will you do by the end of the show? Take action. You know, it is really time to to put the talk aside and to start taking action. And how long have we talked and talked and talked? And you'll hear some of the some of the guys that just get fired up the most on talk radio. Never have a good thing to say about anybody or anything. What does that do to us? Well, l- let me give you an example of why I believe why why I have shifted recently, and w- why I've kind of given up. This idea of talk radio the way the way it has been the way it, the way it was for so many years, I found this negativity seeping into my uh, my daily life, making me a miserable person a lot of times. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, okay? A little bit about my story. At one point in time, I weighed almost 400 pounds. I'm not a small guy, okay? I'm a, you know I'm a larger individual. But uh, it, it hit a point, my health got to a point where we decided, okay, on, I mean, when I was on the radio, we were gonna, I was going to lose weight. We are going to do this big challenge. And I would, uh, you know, I'd make it very public, accountability, support, get, get uh, you know, get it out there. And so I had this sort of leverage. <laughs> I, I had to lose weight because people are going to hear me doing this. So, you know, I found it really interesting as a guy who's lost. I, at that point in time, I actually, like I said, I weighed over 400 pounds, or almost 400 pounds, rather, and I lost over 100 pounds. I think I got down to like 250. Now, since then, I found a few pounds, but I still work daily on, <laughs> on getting my health under control and making sure that I live a different lifestyle. So I understand what change is about, and I understand what you know what it takes. So as I look at uh, a life in a very in a very a different way nowadays, I, I guess I tell you that story so that you can understand that, you know, the way things are, and just because you feel like the way things are doesn't mean that that's the way they have to be. So what I learned when a very simple principle, uh, engineers, computer guys will get this, but what I learned when I was losing weight is that, hey, it's not that hard. I mean, well, I, I should take that. Out. It's it's not that easy. I guess it's it's simple, is what I mean. It's not that complicated. The actual process, yeah, it can be a little tough. You know, you have to do things that you sometimes maybe think to yourself, I don't necessarily want to do that. But the principle is easy. Here it is: garbage in, 
garbage out. Have you heard that before? Garbage in, garbage out. Just like your body works the same way, you can't feed, feed it fast food or fat food, as I call it every day. You can't, you can't feed your body burgers and fries and pizza and Coke, pop, soda, whatever you call it in your neck of the woods. You can't feed yourself that junk, that garbage every day and expect to be in peak physical condition. It's just not going to work. It doesn't work like that. See, it's this, it's this little thing we call the law. It's the law we have on our planet here, the law of the universe, just like gravity, right? It's just like gravity. You cannot defy. You can say all day, I don't believe in gravity, but you just it's there. So, you know, you can't defy gravity. You jump off a building, you step off a building, you're going to splatter right there on the concrete. Same way with this law, cause and effect. Again, I'm not I'm no uh, scientist, but every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So I, w I learned enough. Uh, of that in uh, public school <laughs> when I was a kid growing up to realize that everything in the world, everything in your life, everything has a price. Everything. So as I noticed most recently, as I was listening to talk radio, some shows I really found entertaining. I mean, I really enjoyed them as I would watch television. This isn't all about talk radio. All of this, I think, is about television as well, especially our 24-hour news that we listen to these days, watch these days. You know, you, you turn it on any cable news network, and they have what they call 24 hours of quote-unquote news. When I said news a second ago, I had the air quotes up, just so you can understand. So they feed these things. They embellish these stories. They build this entertainment up, and they use this as a purpose to keep you watching, keep you listening, and it's all for ratings so that they can uh, make revenue. It's a business. I get it. I understand. I'm part of that business for, for quite a while myself. However, at what price, as I said, everything has a price. At what price does that come? Garbage in, garbage out. Just like you feed your body, and your body reacts accordingly to whatever you choose to feed it. Whatever you choose to input, you're going to get output. Your mind is the same way. Garbage in, garbage out. You constantly attack your mind. You constantly give it garbage, the negativity. Oh, the president did this today. Oh, well, Congress is up to that. Now, you know, guess what's going to happen next? I don't know what kill us faster. The fact that the country's going to hell in a handbasket, Ebola over in Africa, and man, that's going to spread everywhere. Or is it the sponge in your kitchen sink? You'll find out at 11. You know, you ever hear those news teases? They do it on the nightly news all the time. Well, there's something in your kid's bedroom that could kill them. You know, I mean, we'll tell you at 11. Something new for you to worry about. Is it really something that I need to worry about? Or is that just something that you're trying to do to get me scared, freaked out, so that I watch your newscast longer, so that I watch your channel longer, and uh, I tune in, you get ratings, equals revenue, and you continue to have your job. And and so, so when I say garbage in, garbage out, you have to start asking yourself those questions. One of the things that I think made the most sense to me is asking myself the question of, does this serve me? What I'm doing right now, does this serve me? What I'm taking in right now, does this serve me? Or does it take away? So to set up for you why we're doing, why we're, why, 
why I have such a passion for this, why we're doing what we're doing today, why I'm asking you to unplug from the garbage for a moment, why I'm asking you to unplug from the the back and forth and talk about what we can do to change the world is because I believe it will make a difference. I know it will. Matter of fact, we'll talk to some folks that are making a difference. When we come up next, a guy named Brad Formsma has written a book. It's called I Like Giving. How's he changing the world for you, your kids, and himself? We'll talk to him next. You're listening to Kane and Cup on the Blaze Radio Network. Barkley back in for Candy Cup today. Been on vacation, but uh, while they're gone, you know, I'm I'm excited to be here with you. I, I am privileged, and it's a pleasure as always to be able to fill in and be here on the Blaze. I absolutely love what the Blaze is uh, is about, what it stands for, uh, Glenn's mission, and the the impact having on and uh, being able to share with with folks like you. I mean, this is this is awesome. I've been on uh, Jay Severin's show, been able to fill in for uh, Doc and and uh, Skip and. Uh, every single time I get to talk to great folks, like yeah, I'm, I'm checking my Twitter right now, and it's blowing up. If you like to uh, talk to me, I love to hear from you. Uh, some great folks that I get to keep in t- contact with on a daily basis on Twitter, and then uh, also um, when I do shows like this, I hear some hear some folks like uh, you know I haven't heard from in a long time. So it's so great to talk to you. My Twitter is at talk the number two Barclay B A R C L A Y talk the number two Barclay B A R C L A Y and you can also reach me on uh, email if you want. Talk the number two Barclay at gmail dot com. Best way to get in touch with me. I'd, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to hear from you today. Today we're doing something different. Instead of uh, focusing on the negative, we are talking about the positive, the great stories here in America. You know, you you hear if you turn on the news on a nightly basis and twenty four seven on the cable networks, you're going to hear about what's wrong with America, what's wrong with the world. Who shot who? Who killed who? Why we're all going to die? And why uh, the country is going to hell in a handbasket? Now, there might be some truth in some of those. I won't deny that uh, sometimes uh, there's some really scary things going on, and it's good to be aware and, uh, I I think, to know what's going on, but to focus on it too intently, I think, is where we make a mistake. As I was just describing to you, garbage in, garbage out. The other thing that I... That I've really, uh, I've noticed, I don't know who said it, it was somebody much smarter than me, but what you focus on is what you tend to get more of in your life. What you actually focus on, the thing that you give your attention to, is what you get more of in your life. So I'd like to give attention to the folks that are actually changing the world little by little. Think of your life as, you know, I was I had a great time to be at my, uh, at the cottage is up here where I'm in in Michigan. We have these little, we have lakes all over. So we have these little places on lakes and nice little cottages. I was there the other day, just thinking as I threw rocks into the water. And uh, my dog chasing the tennis ball into the water. Every time you throw it, it hits the water. It makes these little ripples, right? That's how our life is. No matter no matter where where you are or who you are, you are making ripples in the rest of the world. 
what do you want your life to be like? What kind of ripple, what kind of lasting effect would you like to, to leave? And that's what uh, author and guest Brad Formsma is all about. In his book, I Like Giving, he's got a, a charity, an organization that he's got called uh, I Like Giving. The book is The Transforming Power of a Generous Life, Practical Ideas, Inspiring Stories. Brad, the author of this book, um, you know, you, you, I've had the great opportunity to talk with Brad on occasion, to read your book, Brad, and, and I absolutely love it. The thing that I love about this, Brad, is that um, – you know, and, and I, I, uh, I got to tell you, I mean, I don't know where you got the idea to do this, but maybe you could tell us the fact that it's not you out there who's written this book, that every single one of these things you're doing, but these are stories of people, actual individuals, everyday people that are out there making the world a better place. And you've got several, I mean, so many listed in this book and, and, and there are all kinds of people, all walks of life. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Oh, great! Good to be here. Good to hear your voice, Justin. You got me. You got me fired up thinking about ripples. I think about the generosity ripples that we can create in our lives. Why is that so important? Because I look. I mean, um, you know, you hear. Well, it's good. You know, you always hear. It's better to give than to receive. You know, and 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 I can yeah. tell you. You know, from my perspective and the times that I've been able to give, but. What, why is that? What, what is it about generosity that's so good for, for, your, for your life and for others? I just think generosity inspires generosity. You know, there's something about when we give and do something for someone else without expecting anything in return. It's just right. And the thing is, is that people that observe it and then the receiver in the, in the whole transaction everybody's boat rises. Everybody gets this feeling of worth, of value. There's a joy that seems to permeate the, the, the situation. And for me, it goes way back to you know, that legacy of watching my grandfather be generous way beyond money, right? So generosity is so much more than money. So many people hear the word give and they go right into white envelopes and duty, and here we are at I Like Giving talking about the transforming power of a generous life where it's our thoughts and, and our words and our stuff and, and then money. You, you know, that's all important, but it's not just money. Let's talk about that. Um, what what was it that you saw in your grandfather? What was it that you saw him do that led you to, to become a giver? Well, I like to say... I saw him give the gift of inconvenience. I mean that in the natural sense of how we would look at it. Like, why would he take his Saturday, bake a few loaves of bread, and then bring him to shut-ins or bring him to people of influence? Why would he do that and then, and then kind of not golf or do some of the other things that we think we should do? And I just observed him giving affirming words, sometimes a monetary gift, but he was just constantly thinking about how to make someone else's life better. And you know what? He wasn't perfect. So you don't want to hear this and think, oh, well, he had a perfect grandpa, lucky guy. You should have met mine. I mean, he had his pimples and flaws, okay? But I just saw in him the joy. And, you know, he said to me, Brad, you know, you give, and it often comes back so you can do it again. And he was just famous for those kinds of things. In fact, after I... Um, 
went to his funeral, I found uh, a packet of little notes that he had written out to me. And one I'll never forget, Justin, it said, Dear Bradley, you make a living by what you earn, but you make a life by what you give. I thought this would be well worth remembering. Love, Gramps. And it, uh-huh. and it was dated. I was 14 years old when he wrote that. But it's almost like those words went out. And then years later, we sell our company and, and start inspiring people to live generously with ilikegiving.com. I mean, it's awesome. Brian, give me or Brad, uh, Brad give me that uh, quote again. What is it? it it's a, you make a living by what? You make a living by what you earn, but you make a life by what you give. That is powerful. Um, so let's talk about America because you know um, we have such an opportunity in this country, and and uh, I think I don't know the the stats, the research on this, but I think at one time I read that we are the most giving nation in the world. Yes, I think we're tipping the scales at around 3%, whereas uh, a guy I met the other day in Canada is like, hey, you guys are generous down there. You know, we're like around 1.5%. But it's still way off of where I think it could be. And I only say that because I just know what giving has done into our life. You know, Justin, in following that nudge, to get out of our comfort zone or maybe give outside of how we normally would do, we never know how it's going to impact, how it's going to ripple. And last summer, my son came home and said, Dad, there's a boy in my class. His dad's got brain cancer. It came back and in the lungs, and it's a very short time he's going to have to live. And our family looked at each other one Sunday afternoon while we were at the community pool, And we said, we're supposed to do something, just that little nudge. And so we headed to our local grocery store chain here, Meijer. And in our mind, we were going to get a gift card to Meijer. Well, we got there, and my wife and I hadn't decided on a number. We picked out a card, headed up to the cash register. We both looked at each other like, what are you thinking? And she's like, you go first, you go first, you know, back and forth. Well, we both said the same number at the same time. And right when I went to buy that gift card, I realized, you know, this family might have an expense beyond what Meyer would offer. I'll just get the prepaid visa. Again, that little nudge. I don't know, a voice inside of me, in my heart, whatever. We go to their house to drop it off anonymously. And at the end of their street is a row of mailboxes because they have a community of mailboxes. And the only mailbox that doesn't have a number on it is their house. And my wife's like, hey, we can't, we can't just leave it. I mean, I've heard of mailmen stealing mail. <laughs> you know, we can't, we got to leave it at their door. And so we brought it to their door and our cover got blown and, and, and the mom gave my wife a hug and, and we got out of there. But three weeks later, we got a note from this mom after her husband had passed away. And she said, we opened that gift card and my husband wept because he was so stressed out about not being able to put new tires on my car before he died. And that gift card allowed him to go to the store with my car and get new tires. And I'm like, come on, really? I mean, that's that nudge and the power and our kids are watching this and Uh, This man, who I didn't know very well, had this deep concern for leaving his wife with nice tires before he dies. 
And we get to be a part of these things. I didn't get a tax deduction, but my kids will never forget it. You know, just seeing the need of somebody else and just trying to do something that, that feels right. So I get encouraged because I hear these stories every day. And, you know, it's our, when it's our idea, it's awesome. It, when we can decide in our heart, it's, it's where it's at. Brad Fordsma is the uh, author of I Like Giving. Uh, amazing book. I read this. I got to uh, gotta ask you to pick it up because I'm going to encourage you. So many great stories. We're going to talk about some of my favorites and, Brad, some of your favorites. They they start with I Like. So uh, there's like I, – I think the, the one I can think of that I – one of my favorites, I Like Bike. We're going to find out about I Like Bike coming up next, and I'd love to talk to you too. I like to talk to you. <laughs> Get on the phone if you want to talk to us at triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three Barclay in for a cane and cop today as we continue the broadcast. Try something different today, a little something new. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you talking about what's right with the world, what's right with America, and how you can change the world, starting with yourself. As we continue next on the Blaze. This is Cane and Cop on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning, Barclay. In for a Cannon Cup today. It's an honor and a privilege to be here as always with you. Amazing talking to folks, sharing with you today because, you know, I found that, uh, as Jay likes to call him, Jay Severin, show I filled in for him, filled in for Doc before, but um, Jay likes to call you the best and brightest. And I 100% believe it. You are, uh, are an amazing audience, and uh, I love being a part of this. Today we're talking about how you can make the world a better place. And and, and uh, look, it's you know you hear the negativity every single day, on the news, on the radio, from everyone else you talk to, you hear it, a constant barrage. And I know that this audience is made up of uh, some of the finest folks, entrepreneurs, uh, people that have that spirit. And one of the things they have to do is, I'm sure, learn to tune out the the negativity. Learned to, to uh, adjust their uh, uh, tolerance of the word no, I think, at times. When somebody tells you something is impossible, you stand up, and in the face of impossibility, you, you fight for what you believe in. And that belief, that faith, Brad Formsma talks about in his book, I Like Giving. A uh, couple of really great stories, Brad. You know, this story, this book is a, is, a, is a collection of these amazing stories. And if you want to make your day a little better... Why not take this book and read just like one story at a time? Just just every day, pick it up, read another story, and get some inspiration. You know, make your day a little bit. Find out about the good news, What that there are good people in the world and that they're doing good things. Because, Brad, you turn on the television, you, you, would, you would not believe that, would you? I wouldn't believe it. You know, you occasionally will hear the good story at the end of a, of a newscast. About how somebody saved a puppy, or you know, donated this or did that, but uh, but you just don't get very much of it, do you? And I believe it's happening all across our country, and my job is to 
pull it out a little bit and use it to inspire people. Because I think a story moves us to action. You know, I would say uh, when, when you move from awareness to action, miracles happen. You know, not in a hyper-religious sense, in a, in a way of something happened that you would have never expected. Like that I like bike story you referenced. You know, that came from one person telling me, Justin, one time, there are hot giving leads in the newspaper. So in the newspaper that's full of negativity, sure enough, this was another negative story about a Sudanese father and son who came to America through all this drama and trauma, and they had clothes on their back and a few bikes, and some thugs stole the bikes. And so I read this in a little Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it just jumped off the face of the newspaper and hit us. And as a family, we gathered around and said, we got to do something about it. But I was already kind of aware, you know what I'm saying? Just a little bit aware of a way that maybe I could step in and do something for somebody that I maybe didn't know. So we went on a wild goose chase. We went and bought the bikes, changed our day plan, and once we found him, all the dad could say is, I like bike, I like bike, I like bike. <laughs> and they're driving up and down the street. And we're like, okay, you know, with a language barrier, that's all we got. Brad, we got only five seconds here. Um, I want to encourage you to pick up this book. And if you can hang on with us, Brad, when we come up to the top of the hour, we'll hold you for a little bit longer if you don't mind. Brad Formsman. You are listening to Kane and Cup on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, good morning to you. It is Barclay and for Kenny Cup today, and uh, having a pleasure filled in for Jay Severn before, and of course Doc and Skip. And first time of the weekend, I love these weekend people. Hey, you're awesome. Thank you for listening today, and thank you for being a part of this a revolution. As we uh, as we do a little something uh, a little different today, we're doing things a little different. Nine times out of ten, you turn on the radio, you turn on television. When it comes to politics, you know, or it comes to the state of the world, you're going to hear about how bad it is. You're going to hear about how this side and that side fighting with each other. Nobody can get along. So today, what we're doing is we're trying something a little different. No, no, let me get rid of that word, try. We're do- Scratch that out. We're doing something different. We're talking about what is great, what is good in our country, in the world, in our people. You know, that's one of the things that I think that makes America so great. The, the small little uh, place where I live in the in, in, in the world is a little place, a little city called Grand Rapids, Michigan. The neck of the, the woods here called uh, West Michigan. And uh, we're right on the, the lake shore here, basically across the lake from Chicago. And, man, it is a, it, is it really a tale of two cities? I mean... In so many different ways. And, uh, you know, I can get into, you know, you know the stories of Chicago and the uh, things you've heard recently and all the negativity that you hear in the news. But I can tell you about the great things happening in in Grand Rapids. Do we have stories every now and then that shock us and and we hear in the news that uh, happen here that, yeah, I mean, every now and then there are things like that to happen. But it still is an amazing place to live. And I would credit that with the people of this fine city that I live in, in this this area of the world. 
I think America is the same way. Is it? Is it really it, it her people that make America great? I think it is. I think it's folks like you. I think it's folks like me, and I think it's folks like Brad Forms. The, the offer of this book that we're uh, talking about today, I Like Giving, is is the name of the book. Brad has a charity. It's called I Like Giving. You can go to ilikegiving.com. Hey, Brad, we were just talking about this story, and um, I Like Bike was the name of the story. There's so many different stories in uh, in this book, and and you kind of you kind of give them different names um, when it comes to I like giving and I like bike and and you talk about these different stories. Uh, these aren't just stories of what you've done to give, but these are stories of what other people have done to give too. Um, tell us about the look on that on the face of those folks when you pulled up the Sudanese folks who were uh, just new to town who moved in and they have. Um, bikes out front of their house they get stolen you deliver new bikes and all the dad can say is excitement and enjoy is i like bike i like bike um tell us tell us about that how how did how did that wrap up it was awesome as we pulled away my wife said i thought there would be hundreds of bikes in the front yard you know, we see an opportunity and we might think, well, somebody's probably already got that squared away or we read something in the newspaper. And yet we knew we got a little assignment to do that day. The following day, my son says to me, Dad, that was way better than us going to the water park, which is what we had planned to do. And that's, you know, for a 10-year-old to say that, I realized, you know, this is really right. When we give, it is better than getting. So you had some money set aside. You were going to take the family to a water park that day. Exactly. Instead, you guys chose to do a little something different. How did you get to that place? We had a little family conversation. I read the article. Okay, so we have a 10, 7, and 2-year-old. And the 10-year-old said, we got to go get him bikes. And this story started a movement of generosity because this Sudanese guy who I've yet to find ever again and thank him for helping name it, I Like Giving. And uh, because as I would tell I Like Bike, people started sending me their own I Like stories. It it created a whole new language. I Like This or I Like Parking Ticket or I Like You Name It. And what we found is that people really – just got inspired to move into action to do something for somebody else by reading a story or at ilikegiving.com. We've captured some of the stories from the book and around the world on film, really well done three, four, five-minute films that churches and parishes download and use in their, in their culture. Companies use these to and engage with us to get people in their company thinking about generosity. It's another conversation around the water cooler beyond sports or politics. And we really are excited about how this is growing. In over 165 countries around the world, our films have been watched, our stories have been read, all from a couple Sudanese people saying, I like bike. It is amazing. And, uh, you know, this is the thing, Brad. Your charity, and most charities, I, somebody tweeted to me earlier, you know, I'm usually just the kind of guy I like to send a check in somewhere, that type of thing. Nothing wrong with that. I, I, I But I, I like your charity. Uh, I like I like giving, and the reason is is because you're not out there asking for money. Why is that? Well, you know, we don't ask anybody from the public for money. 
because we know there's so many issues. You hear that word give and the guard comes up. And so we said, what we're going to do is because we're all about giving if it's your idea. We've got a small group of people who have said, we love this. We can help create great stories that get shown around the world. And my mission and vision of I Like Giving is to inspire people to a lifestyle of generosity. So we don't want your money. We want your action. Get inspired through us and then go make something happen for somebody else. And take the nudge. Follow it. Hmm. Live a little. Um, And you know what? If you miss an opportunity, who cares? You'll find another one. The point is, act. Hmm. And when you act and create your own I Like story, please come to our website, ilikegiving.com, and share it with us, because then we'll We'll move that thing around Facebook and Twitter and you name it. It just moves people and encourages people because it's not prescriptive. We're not saying go buy bikes for somebody else. We're saying be aware, listen, Mm -hmm. and walk through those opportunities as you feel led. And watch watch your family change. My kids have changed through us wanting to live generously and living generously. And, you know, I've got grandparents tell me, we we have our grandkids, we read them stories out of this book. So they, they love the stories, and they, we can already see their hearts change. I mean, hey, we're going to be givers or we're going to be takers. I'm going to go with uh, being a giver. You know, um Brad Forms, uh, the author of I Like Giving, ilikegiving.com. I know you talk in your book about the nudge, and you just kind of mentioned it here, and and the filters. So many times I think we battle this because of the negativity. Something we've seen on TV or some interaction we've had, we we tend to kind of expand that little small piece of the pie in our minds to being, well, if I give, I'm just going to, this money is going to get used in the wrong way or um, home, you know, if you see in our in our neck of the woods, there's a there's a real problem with folks panhandling on street mm-hmm. corners, and uh, and so it's kind of tough because you have the question when somebody's standing up holding the sign that says, "I'm a homeless vet. I need money for food and to, you know, uh, we're getting kicked out of our house." And you just don't know, especially when they write things like, you know, "God bless America" and uh, "God bless you for giving." You know, you 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 want to do the right thing, but are they just are they get, getting one over on me? Am I give, Am I really giving to a good cause here? What What should I do? Um, so I know you have these filters that kind of pop up from time to time. Can you talk about those a little bit? Sure. Hey, I really had a, a 180 on the panhandler uh, because it comes up all the time, right? They say, hey, you're the giving guy. What do we do about this? This really ticks me off. I mean, they're distracting me. And I've moved to gratitude. Like, you know what? I'm not on that corner. I don't know that situation, but even if it's a scam, stand on the corner of 28th Street and the East Belt Line in this area where I live uh, in the hot sun, uh, having to look in the eyes of people. Holy cow, I'd rather have any kind of job than have to do that. And one day, I pulled over. I just got the nudge to not give somebody money, but to go over and talk to them which was really weird. I'm standing on this corner. I'm thinking, I wonder who's driving by. Like, what's Brad doing out there talking to the guy (laughs) with his sign? I just wanted to understand. I said, can I ask you a few questions? Uh, uh, You know, I I tell giving stories. And 
he genuinely looked at me and he said, I've never had anybody come up and just want to talk. And he said, you know, I'm trying to get $65 per day while I can get a new job. I said, do your kids know you're out here? Heck no, they think I'm at work and they're at school. And, uh, you know, my reality is at the end of the year, if you look at how much would you really give at the end of the year to all these panhandlers and you add it all up, it's probably a very small percentage of your giving. So you have to be careful that you don't let that mm-hmm. overshadow all your other giving and really affect you in the process of experiencing the joy of giving. Because I meet people who say, I'm just frustrated. I'm ticked off at these people who are panhandling. I'm not giving for a while. But you're, when you don't give, you're just stealing from yourself. Hmm. That's so important. The filters that we, we come up on at times, Brad, they can be a barrier to blessings, right? I mean, they can be a barrier to, as you just said, the gift that you give yourself. What are some of the filters and uh, and how do you how do you confront those? Well, one of the things that I've confronted in the past is the whole building campaign thing or the whole white envelope. Anytime you go into duty and coercion and guilt and all this uh, stuff that is is not you purposing in your heart, you're headed in a, in a bad direction fast. It's so important for all of us to want, go all the way back to how did I get here? All these past experiences being offended because a preacher preached about it the way that didn't work for you. We, we got to recognize it. We got to understand where we are and we have to change our perspective that we get to give. We don't got to give. You know, one of the, one of the things that comes up for me all the time is, is the money going to be wasted? And one day I was driving down the road and it dawned on me, I've wasted money. I mean, yeah. you know, it doesn't quite look maybe in a brown paper bag like you would think, uh-huh. but Right? I mean, have we all not wasted money? Oh. Seriously? Yeah. So th- th- what's that argument? What, what is that tape playing in our head for? Um, I don't give to every panhandler. I'm not saying stop at every corner. I'm saying it's a great chance to check in with yourself or God and say, do you want me to do something? Is mm-hmm. this the least of these? Um, mm-hmm. When I, you know, I'm I'm on the lookout for widows and orphans. I you know I I don't always inter- interact with them, but I know that that's important to do things for those who have less. And so uh, I think becoming aware of these things. You know, I have people say to me all the time, nobody talks about this stuff. Why can't we just get it out there and say, so why do you think and feel the way that you do about giving? And then they realize, oh my word, I've been locked up in this closet of duty and I've never realized that, you know, the the cheerful giver is where it's at. That's amazing. Brad Formsma, we're talking about changing the world today, doing something positive. How can you not only change the world but change your world? I think through putting a smile on other people's face, it puts a smile on your face when you give, when you simply give. I like giving the name of the book. And Brad Formsma, I like giving.com. You can, I encourage you get the book, share this with somebody because these stories are going to light you up every day, going to make your, your uh, day a little better. And if you watch some of these videos, there are some amazing stories told on the videos at I like giving.com. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today and taking some time out on your weekend for us. 
You got it. Thank you, Justin. We appreciate it. I like giving.com. You can keep up with Brad and everything that they're doing at I like giving.com. We'll talk to more people who are changing the world. I'd love to talk to you today. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three as we kinda you know, we kick the uh the negativity to the curve today. As we elevate the conversation, it's not about party lines. It's looking uh, looking into what makes us, I think, different, what makes us great, what makes us better as Americans. What makes us good? The fact that we're good. Really? That's what makes us great, right? 888 Talk the number two, Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y on Twitter. Love to hear your story. How are you changing the world? As we continue, in for Canaan Cup on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Kane and Cup on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, welcome in. It's Saturday, and what an awesome weekend. What an awesome day to, 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 uh, to fill in. Barkley and Fricana Cup today, and uh, we're talking about how you can change the world. We're elevating the conversation. Enough of the negativity. You know, we're putting the spotlight on creativity, the process of creating something new, the process of following your heart, the passion that lies inside of you. You know, I believe we're all born with that greatness. On purpose and for a purpose, I, I think. You know, you read uh, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life, and I think we all have that inside of us. We all have something that we were created to do and, and to become. And we're talking to folks that are following that path today. Love to talk to you. Triple A 900 On the phone with us right now, Matt Havlin joins us. He is the author of a book called A Father's Walk. And uh, it's kind of a ministry, really, for you to, to deal with single fathers. Matt, I want to talk about what that need is and kind of how you got started. Welcome to the show. How are you, Matt? Good, Justin. Good to talk to you. So, you, so you're a single father yourself. Tell a little bit of your story and, and how you got to started dealing with single fathers and sort of shining the way and, and showing them uh, that there's a better way out there. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I was basically raised in a single-parent household myself. And, um, I mean, I grew up, my dad, I've known my dad my whole life. I saw him just for short uh, periods of time on the weekend, usually about four hours on a Saturday. Um, but um wasn't uh, raised in a, um, a a bad home, an abusive home. Um, you know, did good in school, did good in sports, and was generally an overall pretty good kid. Uh, but somewhere down the line, I lost track, and uh, through just a bunch of uh, poor life choices that I had made, um, mostly through the bars and clubs and uh, some other um Negative influences, I, I did find myself having a child out of wedlock. My daughter was born in 2006. I was not raised in a Christian home myself, um, but I had begun going to church in 2001. Well, through a series of events um, uh, over the course of about six years, I ended up giving my life to Christ in 2007. And then the next year, um, the inspiration to um, uh, form and uh, found the Father's Walk Single Father Ministry was given to me once I saw that there was just this increasing number of single-parent households, fatherless children. And then when I looked, I saw there were some things for the single moms, but I saw there was virtually nothing for single dads as well. So, yes, I am a single dad. Um, 
I do split custody with my daughter, uh, with her mother. So um, she actually lives with her mom. And then I have uh, Tuesday and Thursday evenings and every other weekend as well. So I actually have her with me here today as well. So let's talk about some tips for single dads uh, quickly. What what are some things? Because I know uh, my my brother, um, single dad with custody of, of his uh, son for quite a while, um, you know, it's kind of tough. There, there are a lot of challenges you face. One of them is, is probably negativity when it comes to dealing with you know, the conversations with that that child's parent, the other the other parent, mother, and and, and such. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, things don't always go smoothly on that end. That's not to say uh, that it's not possible. I do know plenty of dads that are on good terms with the mom, uh, but unfortunately, a lot of times, whether it's through a divorce or a broken relationship, um, yeah, a lot of times things can get pretty ugly as well. So. That is something that's a very key um, point that we touch on in a father's walk regularly. Uh, but the one, um, the one, pretty much the golden rule that we have in our small group that we hold on Thursday nights is that no matter what, we never slam the moms because, as we're talking about, you know, not letting negativity, um, you know, overflow into your life here. So if you're constantly carrying around that anger, that bitterness going to spill over to other areas of your life and the worst thing you could do is uh, say something negative about the other parent in front of your children on the phone with us matt Havlin right now we're talking about people that are changing the world matt can you hang on just a little bit longer i'd like to ask you a few more questions sure that'd be great thanks Jeff. want to find out how you got started and, and and maybe inspiring other here to do the same thing what's the first step you need to take how do you find that passion we'll talk about it next as we change the world one person at a time Barkley in for Kane and Cup this today. is Kane and Cup, part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network. The next generation of talk radio, Kane and Cup, is on. Hey, Barkley in for Kane and Cup today on the Blaze Radio Network. Always a pleasure to be with you. It's Jay Severin, who I've had the honor of uh, filling in for several times. I always like to call you the best and brightest, and I believe that. The best and the brightest, as I, I encourage you today to uh, focus on what can be done. As we look at solution-oriented radio today, these, these are things that we can do to change the world, to make the world a better place. Often we hear in talk radio a lot of complaining, a lot of whining, a lot of moaning. You hear the negativity. And as I stated earlier in the show, you know, it's, listen, garbage in, garbage out. You are what you eat when it comes to your diet physically. The same thing, I think, takes place mentally. When you feed yourself a steady diet of garbage, when you uh, watch the news 24-7, and when you, uh, you, these networks that are out there just focus on all these crazy, ridiculous stories, you know, maybe a very small percentage of what actually is going on in the world, but because it's entertaining and because, uh, hey, look, if it bleeds, it leads, and that's what uh, gets ratings and revenue up for the companies, that's what they produce. Doesn't mean that's happening everywhere in the world. We're shining the spotlight, I think, and it's necessary, rightly today, on what is right with America, what is uh, happening in our world and, and what we can do to make the world a better place starts one person at a time. We've talked to a couple of folks already today who are doing just that. Matt Havlin is on the phone with us right now. He's the author of A Father's Walk and uh, his uh, his uh, father's 
Walk blog. Uh, Matt, what is if, if folks want to go to, is it a fatherswalk.org? Is that where they can go check out your blog and, and uh, buy the book and that type of thing? Yep, everything's on there on my website, a fatherswalk.org. Not only um, is Matt encouraging you know, fathers, people to men to be better fathers, but single fathers especially is is, is, is really his service, his ministry. He's a single father and grew up in a single parent uh, a household. And the thing that I love about this is, Matt, I think that our purpose in life is to learn from the trials, the tribulations, all the great things, the triumphs, learn from it all. Mm-hmm. And then not just to hoard that, that education, that information, but it's like to pass it on to other people. And I've got a good friend, a guy named Ray Higdon, who talks about, uh, you know, he talks about Internet marketing and how he passes on information to people. He does this thing called invest, learn, teach, where his invest his time or his money into learning a new skill, learning something new. Then he'll learn it. Right. And then he'll the goal is to then teach it. The, the, the circle isn't complete. The cycle isn't complete until he actually teaches that and and helps pass that value on to other people. I think that's what we're supposed to do in life. I call it um, live, learn, love. You know, we live our lives. We learn those things. We seek out what is, you know, what are the answers? How can we change our life, make it better? How can we learn from the things that happen? Listen to the lessons that happen to us on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. We, We learn from those things, and then we love by passing it on to other people. Um, that's really what you've, you've been doing. And I, you know, I've encouraged people to, to take us, take a step out. If you feel like you wake up in the morning today, we, we talked about this every single day you go to work and you wake up, you know, that alarm clock goes off and you are just, I don't know, like I was, man. Ah, oh, man, this, today's going to suck or, or this is going to be a horrible day. Oh man, I can't believe I got to get out of bed already. And then you hit the snooze on that alarm clock. You're living a life where you're unfulfilled. You may be paying bills. But boy, are you, uh, you know, your your spiritual well is running dry. And mm-hmm. I just want to encourage people to do what they what they're created to do and to live their purpose uh, with passion. And um, I want to find out, Matt, from somebody like you, somebody who's actually doing it. What would you say to somebody who maybe feels something? Maybe there's something burning deep inside of them. Maybe there, there's a little whisper. There's an itch or something that they need to scratch. They just going through life, sort of connecting the dots, surviving. What would you say to somebody who who uh, yeah, just, who feels that? Tons there, Justin. Um, I actually heard a um, a pastor say one time that God did not create us to survive the times, but to change the times. So, um, with that being said, I think if somebody does have a burning desire, a passion, no matter what it is, whether it's seeking something in um, a career, whether it's in ministry, whether it's um, some sort of vocational or um, a hobby, something like that. I mean, I just say, you know what, each one of us has, like you said, those innate passions that are planted deep down inside of us. And, you know, obviously I would say just to uh, start seeking wisdom uh, through other individuals. Um, I'm very big on everybody having some sort of mentor in their life, um, but whether it's through somebody that is very trustworthy, that's been like a mentor in your life, uh, perhaps your parents, a family member, um, a pastor, somebody like that. But I would encourage people to really seek that out. And for a reason, you probably have that passion put inside of you, too, whether it's through personal experiences like I do with the single dad ministry or, you know, just something that you see on a regular basis. People might have a burning, you know, they say, I don't like, you know, where I see this situation on a daily basis. Well, you know, there's a big initiative actually going around through the nation right now. It's called Do Something uh, by an art, a an, uh, musical artist named Matthew West. 
And, you know, we're given these abilities. If you don't like something that you see in society, hey, what are you doing about it? Let's go out and get in. What can we do to start helping to make those sort of positive changes? That that I think that's amazing advice. Yeah, do something because we a lot of times we like to talk about it. You know, because it's yeah. really easy to talk about things. Yeah. It's it's really easy to wallow, and well, if you know, if I were the president, I'd do this. And you know, notice we're not even going to bring today. We're not even talking <clears throat> politics. I'm not even going to bring up the, the name. I won't say that any any politician. I certainly won't say the president's name. I won't talk. You know, and God knows I've done uh, plenty of that. Uh, in the past, but I think we're at a point now, such a critical point in, in I think, in our nation's, um, in the evolution of where we are, not here just in our nation, but also in the world, that it's time for action, right? I mean, it, it literally is, it is time for action. It's time for us to stop talking about everything and, and start doing. So that's that's yeah, my uh, yeah. my purpose, my cause today is to inspire. And uh, Matt, you, you've you've done that, man. Uh, if folks want to pick up the book, it's called uh, A Father's Walk. Where do they get it? Uh, right now, it's um, the ebook is available um, on multiple sites, including BarnesandNoble.com and Amazon.com. The hard copy version is available um, right now, just directly through my website, AFathersWalk.org. And here's what I suggest: maybe you're not a single father, but you know one, and. Yeah. This is a perfect gift for somebody that you love and you care about. Um, you know, like I said, my brother, somebody who uh, who needed a little something to, to hear what, what was going on in, in this book, what Matt talks about his journey and, and dealing with with that that, uh, that journey of being a single a single parent, single father, especially. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you got a church, Matt, I know you do uh, some deals for some churches. You got a, a church you're working with right now who's uh, going to teach a, a class or something on this? How, how can churches get involved? Yeah, I would definitely. I actually have, um, uh, well, not only the book. The book is already set up in study group format where there's discussion questions, bullet points, things like that at the end. So you could run a um, basically an 11- or 12-week small group off of that as well. But I also do have other resources I just haven't published yet um, as far as like workbook material, some articles, things like that. So anybody, whether it's through a church or just on your own, um, that you just feel inspired and led to, to form some sort of single dad group in your area, then, yeah, definitely just get a hold of me through the website, and um, I can uh, definitely get all those materials over to you. Matt Havlin of fatherswalk.org is the website, and uh, thanks for inspiring us to to, uh, to make a difference and, and, and start that change with ourselves we appreciate you joining us today i know you got a, a full day planned matt and uh and with your daughter today so i know you got a lot of things to do we're gonna let you go and get to it okay okay sounds good thanks for the time justin thanks for just giving us a little bit of your time as well we continue to talk about this conversation about what you can do to change the world what folks are doing to change the world because you always hear the bad news right you always hear the stories about why the world is uh, coming to an end and, and why we're all going to die from whether it's Ebola or violence, uh, you know, in the Middle East, the unrest, you know, whatever it might be, nuclear weapons, Russia this, the president that. You know, look, I, I, there's no shortage of these stories. And I'm not saying that, that ignorance is the answer. Okay, so I make that clear. I'm not saying that we need to ignore what's going on in the world around us. Don't put your head down in the sand. But all I'm suggesting is that if we focus on what we want, how we like the world to be and what we're going to do to get us there, I think we're better off. We're better off as a people. We're better off as a nation. We're better off as a world. 
talking to the folks that are making changes today as we continue next. 888 is the number. We'll talk to some more folks. And online, love to talk to you on Twitter at Talk2Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, talk to Barclay on Twitter and at Gmail at Talk2Barclay at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me that way. And for Kane and Cup today, it's Barclay on the Blaze. You're listening to Kane and Cup on the Blaze Radio Network. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Kane and Cup returns now. Hey, it's Barkley and the Blaze. As I challenge you today to make a difference, make a change in your world. I want to ask you, what are you, what are you doing to change? What will you do today? That's my challenge. Before the end of the show, what steps will you take? What are you going to do? And we're done at uh, noon here. So. Got a little time there. You can just do one thing. What will it be to make the world a better place? That's what we're kind of talking about today. We're elevating the conversation. We have kicked the uh, the, the the pundits and the and the politics to the uh, curb today. And today we're just we're just talking about you know look man authentic life like truth like what is really happening in your world and around you with the people you love and what can you do to make that world a better place? Love to get to your phone calls. I love to hear from you at triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. That's number eight 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 nine hundred three three nine three. Barclay in today for uh, Kane and Cop and on, uh, on on Twitter talk the number two Barclay B A R C L A Y a way you can uh, jump on and, and join us on the phone line with us right now another guy who's making a difference and you know look I just wanted to kind of talk to you today um, Chris now I got to make sure I say your name right Chris can you help me with your last name D, D Giuseppe D Giuseppe all right man yeah you know that's sure. close I was gonna I, I I was gonna. Say, I think I was gonna say that. So that was good. Yeah. Chris is. Um, you're an author, but you uh, you also uh, you, you know you you do some other things too. But Chris, the the reason I wanted to talk to you is that you're one of these guys who's taken a chance. You decided at some point you wanted something different, and there was a burning passion inside of you. Um, I want right. to talk to you about that. What was it uh, that 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 kind of led you forward to 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 make a difference? Well, it. Um... I guess if you go back, I've been in been in law enforcement for 23 years. Uh, myself and um, I've got a, a co-author and mentor. His name is Mike Force. Uh, he's been in 30 years or so. And as we we went back through our career, and uh, we saw all the tragedy and trauma and things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of your police officers and first responders go through this. It uh, it weighs heavy on your soul. And, you know, what happened with us is um, we kind of said, you know, this, you know, these injustices, these things that we see, we, uh, you know, we, we can't, we just can't take it anymore. It's like it's, you're living in this darkness. You're uh, going through these uh, traumatic things, trying to make sense out of all of it. And um, I guess what uh, drove us to write was exactly that. We, uh, we had uh, something that, you know, we wanted to do. It was kind of a therapeutic thing for us. And, um, you know, as we tried to work through these things, we, uh, we put together a book 
and um, eventually, it was a crazy story, we eventually got it published. But uh, that's, that's really kind of what drove me to, uh, to branch off into a completely different field than what I was used to and comfortable with. That is, uh, you know, I think, but I think that, that story there mm-hmm. about what you've gone through and what you've seen, I think many folks, I mean, can relate to that in a situation where maybe there's something about the current job or certain circumstances where they are now currently, and they feel like they've got to make a change, they've got to do something, or being called to do something different. What do you say to somebody that kind of feels that and and, and or, or maybe says, hey, no, I just need something different? What do you say to someone? Because I know there's a lot of fear involved in that process, right? I mean, there has to be. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And it, it's out of your comfort zone. You know, when you look at you, know, you look at me in the police culture, and we, you know, we're kind of a, a closed culture. We don't, you know, we don't uh, kind of operate. We're under the microscope a lot and stuff like that. But we, uh, yeah, to branch out into, you know, the literary world, um, you know, my advice to anybody who has that, that calling or is being led to that is to take it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to find, uh, purpose sometimes, you know, in your life. And, um, when you get that, that clarity, um, when you get that, that calling, you know, it's, you need to pursue it, um, bury the fear and, uh, move forward. And hey, I want to ask we Chris, we, we, we've got a co- we got a break. When, but I want to come back if you can stay with us through the top of the hour here. I, w- I want to sure. ask you about that clarity because you know, look, sometimes I think that's something we all struggle. I know I struggle with the clarity part. Is like if I look at people that do, if they, if you look at people that uh, super successful, they all have one thing in common. The thing that I've noticed more than anything, they absolutely, positively, without a doubt, have a crystal clear picture in vision of exactly what it is that they want or what they right. want to accomplish. Right. Every single right. one of them. That's the first. That's the foundation, right? So, what is right. it? What? How do you get to that point? How do you? Uh, how do you kind of? Uh, you know, take the uh, <laughs> take the 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 handkerchief and <sighs> fog up the lens there, and then <laughs> rub right. off if you can on the camera. And sort of do your best to sharpen that image and figure out what exactly it is that you want to do and how you can make the world a better place. Let's talk to Chris T. Giuseppe when we continue. A cop and also author. We'll talk about his books and how he decided all of a sudden one day to become an author. I'm sure all the no's and negativity here, too, along the way. Oh, you can't do that. Why are you doing that, man? You know, you're a cop. Get back in your box, right? We'll talk about that battle on the way as we continue next. Barkley in for Kane and Cop. You're listening to Kane and Cop. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. It is an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you today. I mean, uh, Saturdays are awesome on the Plays Radio Network. I listen uh, quite a bit. I get a chance to hang out and actually be here with you today is is amazing. Barclay in for uh, Kane and Cup today. I had the pleasure of filling in for uh, Jay Severin and Doc and Skip, and and now I get a chance to be a part of the weekend. 
And on the day that Jeffy made his uh, first appearance with his show, I mean, this is uh, this is uh, this is awesome, man! What a great day! Hey, it's great to be here with you. As as uh, Jay says, quite a bit. He always talks about how you are the best and the brightest. And I feel that every time there's something different about the Blaze audience. Having uh, had a chance to to uh, you know be on, have my own show. Uh, beyond the, uh, and heard on the radio all over many different places. There's just something different about this audience. You get it. You know what I mean? You get it. And that's why today, uh, with the chance, with the opportunity to talk, oh, I don't know, maybe have a, a different kind of conversation, to elevate the conversation, to talk about the things that are going on right in the world. And so often we hear about the the things that are going on in the world that uh, that are that are bad, the things that are evil. We hear them all the time. The news will remind us nightly when you tune in at the top and bottom of every hour during every talk show in the middle of whoever's on complaining and nine times out of ten ranting, raving, offering. Not really any solution other than, well, let's kick the you-know-what's out. Today, we don't talk about politics. We kick that to the curb, and today we elevate the conversation. We talk about the, we tell the American story, you know, the story of what you're doing to change the world. And encourage you, as I challenge you, what will you do today to change the world? I mean, that's the question we want to ask. And, you know, as I look, we're a nation of individuals. You always hear that. It's kind of cliche, but if you want to change the world, you've got to start with yourself. Change does start with you. You can light a fire. A little tiny spark starts, as, starts an inferno, starts a blaze. A tiny spark. How do you impact the world, your community, your purpose? What is your purpose? It can't be money. I mean, that's just shallow. Money... Money isn't really going to, it's what you give for the money. It's the value you give to, to, to others that makes a difference. Rabbi Daniel Lappin writes about that in his book. Uh, by the way, um, I'm on Twitter and uh, I'm getting tweets about the uh, books I'm mentioning today, the book list. Uh, I appreciate, uh, by the way, I appreciate your tweets. Um yeah, uh, Justin uh, wrote in saying putting out a great reading list today. Yeah, I'm. I um. Matt Havlin mentioned earlier talking about mentors and where to get where to get your mentors, and I feel like mentors are available to everyone and, and anyone through books. I love to read. That wasn't always the case. I think I was just not reading the things that I was interested in, or maybe I was forced to read in school. Just didn't really didn't get into it. I didn't dig it. Then I started reading about things that I was fascinated about, things I was curious about. And I have been reading feverishly um, ever since. So as we talk about those things, and the questions that I that I that I think we need to ask is, what is that purpose? It can't be money. Rabbi Daniel Lappin says that money is the result. It's like a certificate of proof of the value. You know, when you serve other people. It's proof of performance, right? Every person has a purpose. Every person has a ministry. And, and, and the question is to ask, is what, what is yours? If you don't know, what is it? 
to seek that purpose because that's where you find true happiness, fulfillment in what you're doing. And if you don't, aren't you robbing the world of the gift and the gifts that you've been given? Uh, Chris DiGiuseppe is on the phone with us right now. He's a cop and, and an author and uh, written a couple of different books. Chris, what are your books before we uh, before we go further? So in case people want to pick them up, they can they can check you out. Tell us what they're about. I uh, yeah, we have. Uh, I've got uh, two books that are actually published. The third one in the trilogy will come out next March. But the uh, the first in the series is called The Lightbringer, and um, it's available on Amazon. It's available. Uh, you can go to any bookstore. They can order it if they don't have it. Or you can uh, take a look at our website at www.thelightbringerbook.com, lightbringerbook.com. And so what's uh, that about? You know, as I was saying before, you know, myself and a co-author, my co-author Mike Force got together. We've been in law enforcement for many, many years, and um, you know, the way that we started out was, you know, we went through these tragic, tragic stories, and. Um, I think we were kind of led to our purpose to write this book. It was kind of therapeutic for us. The book is about, the first book's about um, where we've taken these actual stories. These were actual incidents that, uh, tragic incidents that we've experienced on the job or we experienced in our personal lives, and we wrote it into um, this fictional novel. And um, it's it's kind of a supernatural fictional novel, and it uh, it takes the reader kind of beyond life. It tries to solicit that... Uh, that thought of, uh, you know, what happens after you die? Why, why do people die? Why do bad things, you know, happen to good people? And, um, you know, that was kind of where we centered ourselves uh, for writing that. And it, it fits right into what you're talking about, about purpose and uh, about clarity and about, you know, making a difference while we're here. I know you must have had many people along the way. Guys, when you said, I'm going to write a book, they said, what? Chris, you're a cop. We, you know, right. <laughs> what are you trying to write a book for, man? Go right. on. What do you? What well, do you? One, I mean, how do you get past that? And what do you say to those folks? Well, one of those people was myself. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, my, uh, you know, and it, it's. I guess I got to go back, you know, and um, say, you know, I, for instance, I, I've gone to calls, you know, where. And this isn't this isn't unique to uh, any first responder, but you know they can tell you also. I was going to. I remember going to a call where, you know, I was uh, I was there, and there was a, a three month old that died, and I remember holding that baby, and I remember after that, you know, I was a different person, and it, it, I came through a lot of this this darkness. This uh, you know, it, after years of that on the job, it makes you cynical. And, uh, and I'm a faith-based person, but, you know, eventually you turn on your faith and you turn on yourself. And uh, coming through that, that's what brought me that clarity. And once I got that clarity, it was like I got the idea to go back and get with Mike. We would have, we'd have similar conversations associated with that. And, and to write this book, that was, I think we were led, you know, to, uh, to that purpose. And, you know, our real purpose is to go out, inspire people, make a difference, and uh, help others. But that's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the road that we went down and it, you know, really shouldn't have happened. We, you know, we're just two cops from the Midwest. We put together a, uh, supernatural suspense fiction novel, which is crazy in and of itself. And then on top of it, um, we got published by a nonfiction publisher. Our publisher, HCI Books, 
is uh, the original publisher for all the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, so they had a lot of success in nonfiction. But we had sent, you know, we had sent that manuscript in. The owner of the company read it. It hit home with him, and he said, you know, I just I got to do this. And we started there with us and a couple. There was a couple other authors, and they started a fiction line, you know, within that. Uh, in that organization. So, so if you would have listened to all these other people who said, no, you can't do it. And, and even yourself, you know, uh, yeah. Stephen Pressfield in his book, the, the war of art, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is a funny title, but the war of art, he talks about that resistance and uh, what you, mm-hmm. you know, the story you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, it's, it's resilience. And, it, and, and, you know, you get, you get that vision. It's a knowing you get that, that calling that purpose, Pursue it. You got to pursue it, and um, and not give up. You know, uh, you know. When I got into law enforcement, I remember getting out of the academy. Jobs were hard to get. I uh, I applied 15, 20 different places, and the last place on earth that I wanted to work was uh, you know Lake St. Louis Police Department. But I didn't I didn't give up. It was uh, you know I I, w- I was chasing the uh, you know the higher paying jobs and so on and so forth. But thank God. I got hired here because uh, my purpose, you know, becoming a published author, uh, moving my way up the ranks, you know, all the way to assistant chief, that all occurred because all of those other things, all those opportunities that I thought I wanted didn't happen. My real purpose uh, was, you know, I was led to that. So, yeah, you've, you've got to be resilient. And, you know, when you get that clarity, and so a lot of times, I mean, for me, it was in, you know, the darkest hour. It was when I was going through those bad times. But that clarity, uh, you know, exposed itself. So as we asked that question earlier about clarity, let's get back to that. If folks are looking for that clarity, because I know that anyone who is really successful and study these people who have, who have, you know, gone through the fire and come out on the other side, they all have that that vision, that crystal clear purpose, the clarity. Uh, how do you, how do you get that? Well, you know, as I said before, I'm a faith-based person, so you know how I I believe where I get that. I I think that uh, you know, for me, and I can answer for myself, I'm le- I was led to that. I was, you know, I was, uh, you know, because before that I was confused. I wasn't, you know, I really didn't know. I was on the, you know, I was in a in a bad state state of being. But um, uh, you know, it's when you get it, it's it's this knowing. You know, it, it's, uh, and I think, you know, clarity related to purpose, um, the purpose of, uh, of your life, I think a lot of times people try to, you know, run away from it or they, they try to push it off. They, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, they don't pursue that. They're chasing something else. Just like you said before, and perhaps they're chasing money or uh, some type of fame or success or whatnot. But, um, you know, truly when you get to, uh, you get to find that clarity and you get to find that purpose. It is, uh, it is truly fulfilling because it's, uh, it's what you fit in, how you fit into the world. It's how, uh, it's what you're supposed to do. So it's like ego driven things that you got to give up that part of yourself to, to get, uh, get in touch with what, who you really are. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. It, um, you know, it, it drives you and there, there's times when, you know, uh, maybe you don't even, you don't, it's not appealing or you don't want to do it. I mean, there's times when I remember going on a call where, you know, I had to make a death notification to uh, a, a young, uh, younger woman who lost her husband. She had two small kids. And I remember getting out of the car and saying, well, I really don't want to be here. I really don't want to do this. This is going to be terrible. But, you know, that's my purpose. 
be there for that person, to help that person through that trauma and that tragedy. And, um, you know, whether whether I'm, uh, and this is the conclusion I've come to, whether I'm in law enforcement doing that or I'm out. So I used to say, well, once I get out, I won't have to do that anymore. I don't think that's true. Somehow I'll always be doing that because I think that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. Chris DiGiuseppe, thank you so much for joining us, Cop, and uh, I, I, an author. And uh, the book, again, is The Light Bringer? Yes, sir. Yeah, The Light the Bringer Light. at the www.thelightbringerbook.com. Hey, best way to get a hold of you, website, Twitter, uh, Facebook, what, what can folks do? Yeah, if you go to that website, there is a uh, there is an email address that will go to both myself and Mike Force, my co-author. You can contact us uh, through that, and there's a bunch of other information. There's a couple book trailers up there and, uh, and that. Hey, man, I wish you the best, and uh, you rock. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. It, it is, uh, it's an honor to be able to talk to you as somebody who is uh, you know, really taking life by the horns and decided I'm going to I'm going to make a positive impact on this world and uh hey thank you so much for uh, just sharing with us a little bit this morning. Well, I appreciate being on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me and um be safe and uh, God bless. Hey, you too. Justin Buckley in for Canada Cup today as we continue the Blaze talking about the stories really telling great American stories. Today, it's all about you. What are you doing to change the world? A couple of great uh, great phone calls we'll get to, 888 as we continue having that conversation. You hear enough negativity. You hear about what's wrong in the world. What about what's right? And what can you do to change the world one person at a time? Barclay, and for Canon Cup today on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Kane and Cup on the Blaze Radio Network. Kane and S.E. Cup return. Hey, it's Barkley on the Blaze in for Will Kane and S.E. Cup today and a well-deserved vacation. It is awesome to be with you today, i got to tell you. I love sharing these stories uh, of inspiration, stories of folks that are making a difference. On Twitter, uh, Revive1775, Jack says, um, I, we must light fires of liberty in hearts. So I'm writing the true stories of people who put it all on the line for liberty. Uh, All stories, she says, um, of April 19th, 1775. And people uh, most of us have never heard of. What are you doing to change the world? What will you do? I I, uh, challenge you. You know, we hear the negativity so much on a daily basis. We hear it day in and day out from uh, television, from newspaper. We see it on Facebook. We see it on Twitter. We see people constantly telling us about what's wrong. Just ask somebody. Next time you just pay attention. Next time you go up to somebody, hey, hey how you doing? <laughs> what's going on? And, you you know, we all have those folks in our life that will share every single thing that went wrong that day with you. But rarely do they, they talk about what's right. So maybe the first step to this I've seen in my life, gratitude. Man, I got to tell you, nothing better than getting up in the morning before your feet even hit the floor to thank God. I, that's, that's what I do. You know, sit down and, and maybe write in a journal and, 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 and focus on those things that you're grateful for. Some things that changed me as a person. 
Clint is on the phone line in uh, Michigan. Clint, you uh, you actually have an interesting story about about how your life has has changed a bit. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm fabulous, man. I, I like to think it's interesting. I tell you what, uh, uh, I was a real estate broker for 25 years, and when the real estate economy crashed, I mean, I'm a good real estate broker too. I'm one of the one of the ones that get things done. When the real estate market crashed, so did I. And we lost. We were about to lose everything. Um, our business, our money, everything, all of it went away. And uh, it was a turning point for me because uh, the anxiety, the uh, it, was, it was just soul-crushing. It was just a determining factor. It was kind of a sink-or-swim moment in my life. And um, I started looking at, looking at uh, why is this happening to me? And uh, it, it was honestly, it was my fault, the way I'd been living and the way that I had uh, led others to live in my life as well. Um, it, was, it was an interesting moment because I found myself in my own backyard with a gun in my hand, and I was about to do it. And uh, it, it's, I've never told anybody this story before, um, but, uh, you know, I was about to end my life. I was about to do it. And uh, I, believe it or not, I don't care if you believe it. I know you will, but some people won't. I, I had a prompting. I heard the voice in my mind. I thought it was behind me, and it said, prepare yourself. And it was a, it was a moment in my life where I thought I'm either completely out of my mind or I'm supposed to prepare myself. And I kept thinking, prepare yourself for what? What is it? No answer. So I just took it as a sign that I'm supposed to change everything, physically, emotionally, relationally, relationally, financially, everything was supposed to change. So I did. I started changing everything I was doing. And I started with, um, you know, some of the books I was reading was, uh, one book I was reading was by T.D. Jakes. And one chapter in that book, I can't remember the name of the book, was uh, Junk in Your Trunk. You got to get rid of the junk in your trunk. Stuff that is holding you down, holding you back, or cursing you. You must get rid of it. You must release it. And he talks about not just stuff, but relationships as well. And I started weeding through the relationships in my life that did not serve me or anybody else. Because mm-hmm. when you're out of sync, you can't possibly help somebody else. It's kind of like when you're in an airplane, you're supposed to put your own mask on first before you help the person next to you. And I was of no service to anybody. Mm-hmm in the condition I was, because honestly, I was a jerk. <laughs> I could use a much stronger word, but I know it's a family show. And um, I started realizing that almost everybody in my life caused me trouble somehow. And the reason for that was because I was that type of person myself. I was attracting that into my life. Clint, so can you hang on? In my we life we, that, we uh, have to take a break. I want, I want to continue to, I want to hear your story. I want to hear the rest of your story. Uh, Man, do I resonate with what you are talking about, brother. I totally feel that 100%. I never found myself at the bottom necessarily as far as you did, but I, I, uh, I man, I hear you 100%. Hang on one second, Clint. We're going to talk to you when we come back. Plus, the young people. You never noticed the youth of our nation making You were listening too? to Kane and Cup on the Blaze Radio Network. Today, in for Kane and Cup as we talk about what's right in the world. So often we hear about the, the what's wrong, the opposite side of that coin. 
But there are miracles happening around us every single day, and Clint was just in the middle of describing one of those things. And, and we've kind of kicked the politics aside today to give you a, a paint a little bit of a, a better, a brighter picture, I think, of the state of our union, the state of our world. Clint just describing on the phone with us uh, a moment where he was at rock bottom, about ready to take his own life, and as a real estate broker, he had lost it all. And uh, Clint, I, I just can't imagine what that was like for you. Um, you were ready to take your own life, and something stopped you. Can you can you go through that again with us? Yeah, you know, it's uh, I had lived my life as though I was in control of everything for so long, and uh, that was the, the ultimate example uh, example of. Uh, complete hubris, um, arrogance. And I think, you know, people like Glenn really, Glenn Beck really uh, appreciate it when someone says to themselves, wow, what an arrogant guy I've been. And uh, that was, I actually had to read a book about humility to learn what humility was all about, believe it or not. I think it was by Reverend Lankin, as a matter of fact. Um, And, you know, everything that I had, that I had encountered, I completely earned all of it. All the anxiety, the, uh, everything it, it all he was heaped upon me because i had attracted into my life and i had that moment where i was standing in the backyard about to put the gun to my head and i heard i heard this it said prepare yourself and I, the voice of god in my life it doesn't matter if anybody believes it or not but it reversed me it, tur- it turned me around i put the gun away i still have that gun um, I put the gun away, and I started changing myself, started preparing myself, even though I didn't know for what. You need to listen to the promptings in your life. And the reason I decided to call you today, Justin, is twofold. One is you're from Grand Rapids. I'm from the area, too. And then you, all of a sudden, you, two minutes later, you said, you know Ray Higdon. Ray Higdon, I had met about two weeks after this incident in my backyard because I, no I started looking for ways to change my life. So I decided to start learning, or I was prompted to start learning Internet marketing. And I ran into Ray Higdon about two weeks later at an event in Las Vegas, and I've learned a tremendous amount from him since. And the lesson from that is seek mentorship everywhere you go. Because whether or not people know it, you are taking mentorship from somebody, good or bad, you're taking mentorship. Well, I decided to change everybody I was taking mentorship from, and Ray and hundreds like him I've taken a lot of lessons from. And, you know, that's, that's an act of humility. Learning is an act of humility. There's so much I could I could ramble on about like this about this, but people need to stop relying upon themselves and trying to force success and start embracing the fact that you're not always in control, but you do have some discretion in the direction that you that you land. You just have to take you need to take action. Clint, man, I think I could talk to you all day, brother. You uh. <laughs> You really, you you hit so many so many gems in there, and uh, I can't believe I can't believe you know Ray and that man. What a funny! I I think you know this is something I I guess I realized a long time ago. I believe everything happens for a reason. I, you know, every single day it's so hard. But my story, um, you know, I hit rock bottom in my career a few years back at a point where you know I had done I've done radio since you know for the last you know, 20 years or so almost, you know, I, I was in high school when I started. I don't know anything else. So I went into the radio business and, and it was all I ever wanted to do. And I got to tell you, man, I thought I reached the top. I thought I reached the ladder, the pinnacle, you know, my wife and I had an opportunity to go work with one of my absolute best friends 
in uh, in Detroit in a major market. Great job, morning show, and uh, it's all it's the only thing I ever wanted to do, right? You know, so uh, we we got there, and uh, you know they always think you know people, places, and things are are what gonna make you you know happy. And I was probably at my most miserable uh, point in my entire life there working where I was. It was a crazy job, a job that uh, that nearly killed my uh, best friend. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I, I got to tell you, I, I for for you know for me, um, I I hit a point where I, I one day it wasn't for performance or anything else other than just uh, somebody new was coming in. Uh, and, uh, and hiring, I guess their own people. I, I lost my job. Um, and at that point I kind of thought that we, my wife and I, when we moved there, we thought we were going to be there forever. And I thought to myself, all right, now what? But there was this weird calm that came over me. I never heard, um, a physical voice. Like you said, I, I believe you heard that, but I've never heard that voice. I just, I've just tried to listen, and for some reason, at that time, I just knew that things were going to work out. I just knew that everything was going to happen for a reason. And it was the best thing. Actually, ends up being the best thing that ever happened to me during that time. I, my my life has just completely come uh, full circle. You know, four or five years ago, I lost over 100 pounds, and physically, my life got a, a complete makeover. I think mentally and spiritually in the last couple of years, I've had the same sort of thing happen to me because of because of what I've gone through. And it has absolutely been 100%. I mean, it, it has been the best thing that ever could have happened to me. And i got to tell you, Clint, um, this year, as the new year came around, you know, we all start to, like, make our resolutions, put goals on paper, that type of thing. Or some people say, I want to lose a few pounds or I want to quit smoking or whatever it is. My goal this year was to listen, to listen. Like, I, you know, think about, what can I do? What I mean, what am I supposed to do? And I think the first the first thing was is I just need to listen to whatever the lessons are and learn from whatever the lessons are in my life and whatever the little things are. Um, so when you said, you know, you hear that voice, you heard that voice and to listen, you know, I love to sit down with you, man. I love to I love to actually uh, sit down and have some coffee and talk a little bit longer. Clint, thank you so much for calling. I have, and you know what you just told me reminds me of a saying I love that Zig Ziglar used to say: "When you're going through hell, keep going." Yeah. You're going through it. <laughs> Don't stop. Whatever you do, man. Hey, thank you so much, Clint. Hang on, uh, hang on the phone line. I want to make sure I got a way to get in touch with you. All right, we'll do, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. We got to take a quick break. I want to get some more stories. Jack's on the phone. Um, we'll talk to you too, and and something really inspiring before you go today. If you're just tuning in and you're like, hey, where's Canaan Cup today? Uh, just to let you know, my name's Justin Barkley, and uh, I've had the pleasure of filling in for um, some great folks, Jay Severin, Doc and Skip before. Um, I, I've uh, I've had the, the honor of, of uh, being able to share with, uh, with folks on the Blaze before and share with you. Um, and today... As uh, as a, a good friend said, hey, maybe we should try something different. We were kind of talking about, you know, some some things that the things that I was looking at my career in uh, talk radio and thinking about putting it aside as a show I was doing here locally coming to an end and thinking, you know, I'm just kind of tired of talking about the same old, same old, you know, the negative stuff. And, you know, he had this 
great idea. We we started talking about maybe we could do something different. What what about if we tried, you know, a, a different approach? Maybe if we just shared the positive stories. Maybe if we just shared great America. Tell the great American story. Share the stories that inspire, that encourage. So today we kind of kick the politics aside, and we haven't mentioned the president. <laughs> we haven't mentioned. Uh, the Ebola virus, it's, you know, the, the, uh, anything that could, could kill you and the, the reason that the world's coming to an end, whatever it could be. We haven't mentioned any of those things today because we've really been focusing on the things that are right instead of the things that are wrong. And instead of right and left, we've been focusing on right and wrong. We've been focusing on the good in the world and what you can do to impact and affect a positive change that not only uh, not only makes your life better, but the lives of those you love and the people around you. And we'll continue that conversation next. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number. Eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. You can jump on Twitter. Love to talk to you at talk the number two Barclay, B A R C L A Y. Talk to Barclay on Twitter and at Gmail. Talk to Barclay at gmail.com. Barkley in for Cannon Cup today on the Blaze Radio Network. Will Kane and Desi Cup will continue in a moment on the Blaze Radio Network. Cup today, Justin Barkley, and a pleasure, privilege, honor as always to be with you. Been able to fill in uh, a couple of times for Jay Severin and Doc Thompson, but it is always awesome to be here with you because you know this. I got to tell you, as Jay says, you're the best and brightest, right? This audience really is. There's something about it. We're talking today about changing the world, what you can do, and 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 uh, I know it seems like a daunting task, but really, if you start small. You start with yourself. You can do anything. You may say, well, we can't change the world. The world just is the way it is. That that seems kind of depressing to me. <laughs> I choose to believe otherwise. We've been sharing inspiring stories from people that are real, real life people making a difference. Real life folks that you've heard today. I want to share a story of somebody doing something impossible. You know, the impossible is really just something when I, I think I heard this quote that I absolutely love. The impossible is really just something that somebody hasn't done yet, right? Or hasn't figured out. Like nobody thought you could do that, uh, what was it, the four-minute mile, the three-minute mile, whatever it was. You know, back in the day when they broke that record, nobody thought it was possible. And then they broke the record, then people were doing it like every like every day afterwards, right? Because they saw that it was possible. It really takes faith to do something that you've never seen done before, right? Here's a story about a man who is taking some unbelievable pictures. He's a photographer. There's just one thing that makes him different from you and I. I'm explaining to Brendan that we're going to let him go around and explore the environment let him feel the pebbles, the rocks, and go right down to the water. So he's got a pretty good idea of the landscape, and then he'll be able to map out how he wants to take the photographs. Feeling the 
pebbles and rocks under my shoes while walking around. I would describe it as very rocky and rough. I can smell the sea. I like to feel the wind in my face and feel the spray coming from the ocean. To me, the environment is peaceful and relaxing. Hello, my name is Brendan Borellini. I was born with congenital deafness and blindness. When I was young, being disabled was frustrating. Not being able to hear the world around me, I didn't know what was happening. I've had to face a lot of difficulties and I've struggled to overcome them all. When I started school, I was able to learn a great deal about the world by relying on my teachers and family. I gradually began to understand the world around me. Mastering fingerspelling and learning new skills helped me speed up my communication. I don't know anyone who is as driven, motivated and inquisitive as Brendan is. And over the last three years, I've got, I've got to know him really well. Whenever we come into a room, uh, Brendan wants to know what is in the room. So he'll go and try and touch everything. And it was a, as a result of that, that um, the whole camera thing came up because we have cameras everywhere here. We've got video cameras, we've got still cameras, Instamatics, SLRs. And it was always a bit of a joke. He'd pick up the camera and start clicking it and pointing around the place and, you know, you'd make a joke because he's blind. How is he going to see that? And it was out of that that we thought, OK, let's not play a game anymore. Let's see if this is possible. It is amazing. You will see this story. Uh, I'm going to tweet this if you haven't already seen the video. It's up on my Facebook page too, facebook.com slash Barclay. And uh, talk, the number two, Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, on Twitter. The story of uh, Brendan, who is blind and deaf, yet takes some of the most amazing photographs you will ever see. I can explore the technical parts of the camera by moving my fingers over the different settings and feeling the lens adjusting when I press the shutter button. Brendan sees things in a very different way. If you would have said to me, there's a guy that's blind and deaf and he takes photographs, it's, there's no way. No, that does not. It's just not possible. He's a photographer. He, he's world-renowned. I mean, he does a great job. It's because other people put him in a box. And don't we do that to ourselves on a daily basis? Aren't we in boxes? Every time that we look at ourselves, we look at other people. We put other people in boxes, or they put us in boxes. And the world loves you to stay in your box. Absolutely loves you to stay in your box. And sometimes we put ourselves in those boxes as well. But this story of what this guy does with his photography, with his camera, and he's blind and he's deaf, makes me realize much more is possible than we'll ever even imagine. If you can dream it, you can do it. I mean, that's the... The cliche, but true saying. So I challenge you to change the world starting with yourself today. I tried to inspire you, and I hope that you've not only enjoyed what we've done here in the last several hours, but I hope that uh, I hope you're moved. I hope you're driven to take action, because that's what it takes. What will you do today to change the world? Thanks for joining me to talk about what's great in America. 
Barkley in for Canaan Cup today on an honor and a privilege. The blaze rolls on. Next. You're listening to Kane and Cup on the Blaze Radio Network.